Brandy is a passionate yet no-nonsense woman who is going to tell you exactly how she feels and when she feels it. Fabulous human being overall. And that's who Brandy is. Brandy is someone who is there willing to help you and guide you through whatever it is you might need. It helps you to reconsider your preconceived ideas or reconsider new ways to approach a topic. You don't need people in life to agree with you on anything or everything. What you really need is someone to keep it real, and she does that exactly. When she don't even know, I feel like when I make my first million, I owe her a lot, a lot of money. This season of Brandy Was Here, the podcast is sponsored in part by Blood of a King Clothing, a clothing line focused on bringing out the best within you. Blood of a King Clothing is a motivational clothing line that is helping you find the greatness within. You can shop Blood of a King Clothing at bloodofakingclothing.myshopify.com. TBM Skincare provides the tools that help women love what they see when they look in the mirror. With the full line of plant-based products, we invite women to reclaim their time by adopting a self-care routine that invites luxury into their homes. The company began making small batches of natural skincare in 2015 after founder Brandy Vernado crafted the recipe to cure her adult acne. In doing so, she also found the confidence to pursue her dreams of being a full-time entrepreneur. Since its inception, TBM Skin has made luxury skincare accessible to everyday people and is committed to helping communities rebuild their sense of pride and their unique identity. You can shop TBM Skincare at www.tbmskin.com. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Brandy Was Here, the podcast. I am so excited for my guest today for two reasons. One, because um, you guys know you've been listening. You know that I'm very into like all of the woo-woo spirituality uh, stuff. And she has psychic abilities, y'all. I'm so excited. Also, we share the same name, which is really cool. I've never interviewed someone with my same name. I think maybe no like three people with my same name so this is going to be a cool episode you know there's brandies are uh, very special people in the world so you all are lucky um i'm gonna have my guests tell you a little bit about who she is and what she does all right well first off thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it and it is it's very rare to meet another brandy so it's very nice to meet you as well so I am a spiritual medium. So I do mediumship readings where I can talk to the dead people and give messages of healing and uh, comfort for people who are grieving. Um, but my new venture is I'm a psychic development mentor. So I really want to help people who, um, you know, there's no class, there's no really where to go. And I found that for so long, I was looking for a mentor. So I really want to now be that mentor for people to be like, hey, this is where you get started. And, you know, I want to be that person for them so that they don't feel alone um, or think that they're crazy if they're seeing things and hearing things. So that's what I want to do for people. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay, this is the part of the interview that I did not prepare you for. I apologize. But these are some quick fire questions that are just going to, you know, I find that it helps the guests kind of relax a little bit, but it also helps the audience get to know more about you outside of what you do. So don't think about them too hard. I'll just go, you know, one after the other. Uh, just say whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. First question is, what is the best thing going on in your life right now? 
I think the best thing going on in my life is my mentorship program. Just the ability to be able to help people. Like, like sure, I was helping people with mediumship readings, but it takes a lot of your energy. Um, and you, you meditate before it and everything. So it was like, I liked doing it, but now I really enjoy that I'm able to help other people. I think that's where, like, really where like my main purposes and where I feel the most like at home. So I feel like that is the the biggest thing for me. I love that. What is your go-to mantra or affirmation? Oh gosh, there's so many. (laughs) Which one? Let's see. Which one's my favorite? (laughs) Um, So a lot of my affirmations are actually from Albert Einstein. Um, And the one is actually on my website. Um, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift. And the rational mm-hmm. mind is a faithful servant and our society has forgotten about the, or has is so um, focused and honors the servant and has forgotten about the gift, Ooh. which I think is incredible because Albert Einstein, you know, he's like all science, but then mm-hmm. he had like, you know, obviously must have had intuitive abilities as well to say something like that. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that about Albert Einstein. See, I learned from this podcast too. Um, what is your definition of faith? Faith for me is to have so much trust in myself, to not doubt myself and to really like set your fears aside. So just knowing that we're part of something bigger than ourselves, we're all here for a purpose and just having that faith that no matter, even if something bad happens, like you're still going to learn from it, you're still going to grow from it. So even though it might be hard at that time, you just have to have faith that you're going to grow and learn from it. Mm. Yeah. What is the one thing you lean on when life gets hard? I lean on my husband and my dogs. Um, Mm. And I also always meditate. So meditation for me is just a place to be very mindful, to get my mind out of things and a place for me to just relax and really calm myself. So I would definitely say my family and then meditation as well. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest misconception about spirituality? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Okay. <laughs> so the biggest one, is one that especially I talk to, um, to my clients is that, of course, the skeptics and they don't think it's real, right? So mm-hmm. my biggest thing is to tell someone, you know, like I always say like, okay, two people can be on a roller coaster. One person can be like screaming like crazy. They're having the time of their life. Someone else can be screaming because they're ready to like pee their pants and get me off this thing. (laughs) So just by looking, (laughs) just by looking at someone, you know, you can never tell what subjective experience they're having. So if a scientist or a skeptic comes up to me, or even as someone who believes, you'll never know what subjective experience I'm having. So I feel like a misconception is that it's not real because they have not experienced, but that doesn't mean that I have not experienced it. Ooh, we're going to come back to that. Name a book that has helped you on your journey. Oh, oh my gosh. My favorite book, the spirits book by Alan Kardec. It is basically like the Bible of spiritualism. It's like, you know, back in the Victorian era, there were all these mediums and he was able to connect and get all the answers from them. And it's basically just like questions and answers to the spirit world. And it is awesome. So yeah, I definitely recommend that book. 
All right, I'm going to put that in the show notes. My listeners are readers, so we will check that out. Uh, Last question is, what single thing would you like to make absolutely certain you do in this lifetime? In this lifetime, I would really like to have changed lives. Like if I can create Mm. another light worker in this world for someone to then be able to do a reading or to be able to heal and comfort someone because of what they learned from me, that would just be like the ultimate like destination. Like that would be awesome. Mm. Is there one? (laughs) We're going to find someone. We're going to create light workers. (laughs) Yes. I love that. So these questions, um, I feel like I learned a lot more about you. You have dogs. Uh, What are your dogs' names? We have three dogs. So we have Sadie Mm -hmm. and we also have Lyra and Cleo. Oh, those are cute names. I love it. I am also a dog person. My dog's (laughs) name is Cooper. Um, He's tiny. So, yeah. Uh, And I I just have one. I'm sure he would love if I had more. uh, But no. Um, I love your definition of faith as trust. Uh, What we have been talking about this season on the podcast is how people can be better at trusting themselves to make the necessary decisions they need to make to um, be empowered in their own lives. So I love that you you name trust because we have been talking about that a lot. Um, You said that you are a medium and also you uh, are helping to develop psychics. Where does this story start for you? Like, how did you get into this work? I hear people a lot say that they're intuitive and I feel like I am too. Um, I feel like I've always been that way, but I haven't really owned it until, you know, a few years ago where I would name it as that, so to speak. So where did these gifts sort of come in in your life and when did you start to kind of own them as your own sure so um when i was like 10 or 12 i was like playing with the ouija board and didn't really believe in anything you know i didn't have a religion i just thought it was fun until i actually i was walking um through the woods with my two friends we were going to a pizza shop and as we were walking we heard something growling at us and of course you think it's an animal, right? Something's growling at us. So um, this thing pushed me into the brush and I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like I looked up, it was like half black, half white. And I'm thinking this is not an animal, but this is also not a human. Um, So I was very confused and I ran out of the woods. My friends also saw it and heard it. They ran out of the woods and I went back to my house and I called the cops because Mm. I didn't know what it was. So the cops went back and they were like, nothing's there, you know? And it wasn't until years later that I realized, oh my gosh, I was playing with the Ouija board. I have an ability that I'm unaware of and I must've opened something where this negative entity was able to enter my life. So I put the Ouija board away, never played with that again. And then fast (laughs) forward a few years, I had the, (laughs) yeah. Um, fast forward a few years and I had the complete opposite react or opposite experience. So, um, my grandma who was like, you know, the, the head of the family, we were, um, my family and I were all at her deathbed when she was in hospice and she was taking her last breath and, you know, everyone's crying and we're all holding hands and we're all looking down at her. And I had this like incredible feeling in my stomach to look above the bed. And I didn't understand what was going on at the time, but you know, it was almost like a magnet. 
So mm. I looked up above the bed and at the ceiling, it's very hard to describe what I was seeing, but imagine like a kaleidoscope of all like the most brilliant, amazing colors you could see. And they were creating this star and it was like pulsing in and out like a heartbeat. Um, and in that moment, I realized I was actually feeling her spirit lift up out of the bed, above the bed. And I could see with my mind's eye and I could feel that her angels were with her. And I, I'm not religious. I was just having a very spiritual experience. Mm. And in that moment, like I didn't fear death anymore. I realized she was going to a better place, that she was at peace, um, that her angels were there and she was going off to the spirit world. And I left the room because it was such a strong feeling and what I was seeing was so strong and my cousins came out they thought I couldn't handle how sad it was but mm. it took me years to tell them like no this is what I was experiencing because I you know I didn't know how they would react to it like do they think I'm crazy like do they think I'm making this up you know um and then after I told them years later I found out that a lot of my family has abilities so my uncle and my aunt and even my own mom just nobody ever talked about it and so mm. here I am thinking I'm completely alone and now they have these abilities as well so mm. that was a huge turning point I realized in that moment I clearly have an ability and I what do I want to do with this so that's when I you know started reading books and started watching shows and eventually found my own mentor so that that way I could really, you know, hone in on it. And within a few months, like my abilities were just crazy. It's so much different when you're reading something versus actually like developing mm. your psychic muscle. Um, Cause I was just given all these exercises to do and meditations and visualizations. And within just a few months, like I said, I was just like my, it just skyrocketed. So but it's hard to find that person, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. who does the mentoring? How do I find someone? So it took me years to find her. And then once I did within a matter of months, I was on my way. So it's just, um, it, it's just, you know, it has to be, um, it really has to be experienced, not just like read about or theorized. Like you really need to just jump mm -hmm. in. Like, you know, you can, you can play the piano, but like, you can like buy all the books for it and learn all the instruments. But if you don't put your hands on the piano, you're never going to learn the piano. And it's like the same mm. thing here. Like you have to jump in and do it. Yeah. There's so much that. to, yes, it does. <laughs> There's so much to unpack. I don't know if you see me like getting excited because this is like up my alley. Um, so I love that you had a Ouija board in your home. I always wanted one, but we were Christian and my mom said no. So I never got to get one or experience that. I think as I grew older, I just, the desire just kind of left. Right. Um, but I think that a lot yeah. of people as kids, we kind of, um, you know, people scared us away from this, this intuitive and spiritual power that when we saw um, magic, it's always black magic, right? Like it's something bad or, you yeah. know, we're watching yep. uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch, but you know, her powers are always getting people in trouble or they're always going awry or, you know, mm -hmm. when they are, when we do say like we see spirits or hear voices, it's always a negative entity, right? Yet religious people yeah, believe yeah. in angels, right? But we're taught like, okay, yes, if you yes. tap into the spiritual world in these ways, these ways are bad, but these, you know, believing in angels or an afterlife somehow is good but if you're connecting with the afterlife in this life, that's bad. 
<laughs> and we've kind of been conditioned yeah. in that way. And I think a lot of people who have maybe similar experiences that you have had or have felt uh, this power, this magic, so to speak, have kind of tucked it away because they're afraid of being shamed uh, because of their natural mm -hmm. gifts. Did you experience that at all? Because yeah. it sounds like your family was really receptive, but did you experience any kind of negative reception of sharing these gifts? Sure. So first I do want to mention with the Ouija board, if you do it the right way, you can connect with spirit in a good way. But if you're mm -hmm. dabbling and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know how to do it correctly, that's when something bad can happen. Um, so I'm not saying that you can't connect that way and that you'll always connect with a negative spirit, but you have to know how to do it correctly. Um, but yeah, so my mom's side of the family is very receptive. They were all about it. Apparently my great grandma was a witch. So I found out I came from a line of witches, but they were always doing bad things. So they were putting spells on people and doing curses. And I found through my mentor, um, as she was connecting with spirit that I'm actually like the first good witch trying to do good with my abilities. So yeah, that's like that right there about like the negativity, but you can turn that around. It's all in how you're going to connect and what you're going to do with your ability. Now on my dad's side, they don't believe in it at all. My dad's the biggest skeptic ever. Mm -hmm. So I actually connected with his mom who passed away when he was like eight years old. And I even told him things that he didn't know. And we had to contact his sister who's like 20 years older than him. And she was validating everything I was saying. And it was like, I'm telling you things. How would I possibly know this? And he's still a skeptic. <laughs> mm. So yeah, there's people out there that receive it. There's other people that don't, but you know, I know what I'm experiencing. So people can, you know, think it's not real all day, but like, I know hundred percent what's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So before you were able to find a mentor, what did you kind of do to uh, deepen your understanding of your own abilities? So I just like read a lot of books and I also watched a lot of TV shows like um, Teresa Caputo and Tyler mm -hmm. Henry, all like the psychics and mediums, seeing what I could learn from them. And then I just kind of felt stuck. Like it was like, okay, I've read like 20 or 30 books. I've watched all these TV shows. I love it. I have an interest in it, but like nothing was happening. I couldn't control when spirit was coming to me. So they just kind of came when they wanted. Mm. And then I could see and hear them, but I didn't know who the message was for or what the message was about. Or was it for me? Was mm. it for somebody else? Um, so that's what I was just like, I need like a one on like a tutor. I need someone who's already <laughs> gone through this, already had these experiences, can tell me I'm not crazy and teach me this. So that's where I was just so lucky to find someone who already went through everything. And everything I was telling her, she's like, I've heard it all. I've lived through it all. Like, there's nothing you're going to tell me that I, you know, that will surprise me. And my mentor was actually like in her sixties and she had just started her spiritual journey about five years before that. So it's amazing. Like, you know, whenever you pick it up in your life and then how quickly mm. it can happen that now you could be a mentor for somebody else, even though she's only been doing it a few years. Yeah. What was something that she taught you in kind of um, your first experience or your first meeting that you still practice or hold true to today? Oh, there's so much. Um, mm -hmm. 
So basically the way I connect with spirit, she really taught me like from, you know, you need to ground yourself, you need to protect yourself, you need to protect your energy um, into the visualizations of um, growing my senses. So like your clairvoyance, your clairaudience. So there's just like a line of steps that I still do that I learned from her that I now teach my clients on how to connect with spirit. And it's like mm -hmm. maybe 15 or 20 minutes that you're not just meditating, but you're doing a visualization in the meditation so that you're preparing yourself to get ready to connect. And then it took me like so mm. long, as we were talking about before with faith, it took me so long to trust that message, even though people were validating it. And I know there's no way I know it, like your rational mind still gets in the way, like, you don't know anything, or you'll never mm. be able to connect or your intuition doesn't know what right. it's talking about. So it took a long time to like, quiet the ego and quiet the rational mind to be able to trust the messages. Yeah. Yeah. So you went from a place of like, what well, it sounds like receiving a lot of different messages, not really being in control. You're reading a lot about this. You find a mentor um, and she's helping you through this. What was the, the pivotal moment where all of these things started connecting and you felt like you were more in control? So I think once I was able to set a boundary with spirit, so I was able mm. to say like, okay, you can visit me during these hours. Um, and if it's not during these hours, you can't visit me. And then it also was hand in hand with, I now know I can control the ability. I can call on spirit when I want to versus them just coming whenever they want. So it was a kind of like a two way street. I was able to set the boundary and say, you're not allowed to come right now. And then also I was like, I can call on you when I want to call on you. So once I figured that I had the boundary and the control, that's when I was like, I don't feel like I needed my mentor anymore. Mm. Have there sense? been times, no, that does make sense. Have there been times where uh, that has not been the case? Like, has there been a time where you were like, this is my boundary. This is like not my time to receive messages. And there was a message that needed to come across that you received. That happens almost every time I do a mediumship reading. It's like <laughs> I open the door, I allow them to come in and then they don't want to leave. So like now the sitter, I have to close the reading, you know, and it's hard to close the reading because they want to, you know, they're experiencing this amazing moment with their loved one who has passed. So it's hard for me to say to them, like, time's up, you know, and then you also have to tell spirit, like, time's up. And then mm. spirit seems to never want to leave. And so I tell them, I'm most likely going to get messages tonight and tomorrow morning. And mm. they're just like, they nag and they nag until I give that message. So I feel like anytime I open the door for a mediumship reading, like the door is very hard to close once it's open because they want to just keep communicating mm. with their loved one. One other time um, I do feel like is when I'm driving and if a funeral procession goes past, if a funeral mm. procession passes me, I get so many messages and visions and names and it's really overwhelming and I have to almost like pull over because I, I can't even concentrate on driving. But as soon as the funeral passes, like I'm back to normal. It's just crazy how when a funeral passes me in the car, because that's the only time I'd be near it is in the car. Um, but that's whenever I just can't seem to have the boundary up. I think there's too many spirits there. I don't know if it's 
the spirit that just died or the spirits that's welcoming mm. them. I don't know who it is, but it's it's a lot of messages coming in at once that's very hard to turn off. Mm. So much of what you're saying, like, resonates with me and my own personal experiences because I'm such an empath. Like, I get these... Uh, like I, I just feel things like I'll be driving somewhere and I'll go down the street and I'm like, oh, the energy is so heavy here. Like something sad. I remember I was in a car with someone um, and I was just feeling that. And we turned right and then we went down the street and there was like this massive car accident. Right. And someone had died. And I was like, I felt wow. that. Like I just felt like yeah, something was going on. Like there's a really heavy, sad energy, like something's transitioning. I don't know what it is and, and it's happening. Um, so I definitely get yeah. that. Um, that intuitiveness kind of shows up when it wants. But something that you said I think is very important um, is that, you know, when you're given these gifts, you also have to accept the gift and give spirit permission to, uh, show up in your life. Um, I think sometimes we believe that um, spirit is going to continue to wrestle with us, you know, hold us down, beat us up and make us live in our purpose. Um, and it doesn't always happen that way. Like we have to be open to the experience and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm noticing. This is how I'm feeling within myself. And yes, I'm open to allowing this to happen or no, not right now. I'm not ready. Or even I'm, I'm open, but I don't know what to do with it. And then asking spirit to send you a guide, point you in the right direction, lead you to those experiences that are going to help you understand and make sense of what's happening. Um, it's not so much that, um, you know, the, the universe is doing things to you, but you have to have an active role in the process as well. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that because you, you, and also spirits only going to give you what you are ready to receive. They're never going to give you more than that you're ready to have. So not only do do they feel like you're receptive of it. Yeah. You definitely have to be receptive as well because I can't imagine if I didn't do my abilities because it's so life changing. It's just a complete lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have the control over it, um, or to have those boundaries, like it would be a lot harder to like live because you'd like have this other reality. That's always Mm -hmm. like kind of bombarding you. And, and then there's a guilt to it. Like, I don't know who this message is for, but it's very, must be very important if I'm getting it, Mm -hmm. like, who's it for? Um, so I, I teach that all in my mentorship program too, so that people can understand And even with your example, where you could feel the energy of that car accident, you know, your rational mind might say, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But my question to you would be, did you ever think about why? Like, why was I given that message? Hmm. And that's what I try to get people to learn in my mentorship program is not just that I received this message, but why did spirit give it to me? And I don't know that answer for you, Hmm. um, but I would encourage you to maybe look back at that moment do some journaling and maybe it was out for a reason. Maybe that message was something bigger than just knowing that there was a car accident down the road. Like what was the message behind it? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that the question of why definitely helps people um, to make sense of, but also to just explore further um, their experiences and what's happening. 
Because like I said, I think a lot of people are intuitive, but they don't spend the time. They don't, you know, give themselves solitude to sit and think or to meditate on these things that are happening. They're just, you know, coming and going. We're all in the hustle and bustle of life. And we're like, oh, yeah, I had this thought, but oh, that's gone now. I got to get to work. Right? Got to do all these different things. And they don't spend the time to explore it. Um, what has been something for you that you have uh, discovered either in a reading for someone else or for yourself um, that was surprising to you? Something that just completely so, blew your mind. <laughs> okay, let me think. <laughs> um, so it, it happened at the very beginning. Um, when I was first starting out and it made me realize, you know, basically you can't judge a book by its cover because I was getting these messages for this young couple who were um, com communicating with the woman's grandfather and all the messages that were coming in were like really rude. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how is he talking to his granddaughter like this? And then I'm thinking like, do I want to give this message? But you know, I'm just a channel. I have to give the message. It must mean something. And so I'm giving these like really rude, like mean comments and they're like straight face and they're not really saying anything. And then at the very end of the reading, they were telling me how he's just like a big ball buster and was very sarcastic, <laughs> but I wasn't able to read that part of him. I was just getting mm. these words. I wasn't feeling like the sarcasm. And so here I am like, oh my gosh, I don't want to give this message. And mm. then it ended up being something that they were like cracking up about. Joke was on me, right? Because I didn't know. <laughs> and yeah. I thought I had this very mean old grumpy man. <laughs> <laughs> so really like you just can't ever, you know, take like judge the book by its cover. Like I didn't know that that's what was going on. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That that's pretty funny. Um when so I want to talk about like how you transition from doing the medium readings into like becoming this coach, but before I leave this thought, what typically happens? So you are the channel between someone and their loved one and you open up this space for this interaction this communication to happen what typically happens after that reading is over i know you said sometimes you get additional messages but as a person who let's say i come to you and i say hey i would like to connect with this person we have this interaction maybe they tell me something that i've been wanting to hear or that i needed to hear and then i leave what are the next steps for me does this reading now open up a line of communication between me and this person? Do I just go on about my life now? Like what happens next? So it's usually very emotional after a reading. Um, I know a lot of people, and it's very hard for me to continue when someone's crying, um, but I know it's like all healing tears. So it's like, I want to continue. You know, I ask them if they want me to continue, but usually it, it's really different for everyone. So a lot of people will journal after it. A lot of people will meditate. And when I say after it, I don't mean like that night. It could be like a year later. I mean, there could be things that I'm saying in a message that they don't understand. And it could be like a year later that they now like it made, made sense to them. Um, but the biggest thing I think is the healing part of it. But I don't really know 
everybody's just different in terms of how you're going mm -hmm. to take that message. So, you know, some people could see it as closure, not like complete closure. I don't know if people will ever get that. But um, a big thing is that you can ask for a sign. So I always, I have a deck of cards. Like I don't do tarot or anything like that, but I do mm -hmm. a spiritual sign deck of cards, which means I pull a card and it means that that's the sign they're going to give you to like, so that you know that you're with them. So you can ask them for that sign and look out for it to know that you're with them, to know that they're with you, sorry. Um, but sometimes you don't even get that sign because they don't want to keep making you sad. They don't want, you know, the memory of them to mm. keep bringing you down. So it's really like a one, one by one, like how someone is after it. But I always leave the communication out there because maybe they'll have a dream that they want to share with me, or maybe they do see that mm -hmm. sign. So I always tell them, you know, you can reach out back out to me and then I'll try to connect to get some kind of confirmation or validation of what they receive. But um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say that you have like this new communication with them that you'd be able to connect on your own, but mm -hmm. um, you might like have a dream or like see a sign, but mm -hmm. yeah, everybody's different. Yeah. Is the primary reason for I people... No, no, that's that's good to know. Um, is the primary reason that people seek to speak with the dead for closure? Because, like, I, you know, I watch a lot of shows. I watch, like, a lot of those medium shows. And, you know, people are like, you know, Grandpa had a million dollars that he buried somewhere, and we're trying to find out where it is, <laughs> all the way to, like, is this the person I should marry? Like, what do, what are people hoping to receive from these experiences? From what I've seen and from my experiences is that most people are trying to not have the guilt or the, the shame that they feel when someone passes. So almost when, mm. every time when someone comes, they're trying to get some sort of like, you know, I'm like from spirit, like I'm okay, I'm at peace. Or maybe they had dementia. I know you were with me. I got my memories back. Um, there's mm. some sort of healing there in terms of so that they don't feel so heavy about it. So whether they have a guilt mm. that maybe they didn't make it in time to get to say their goodbyes or could I have done more, you know, should I have, should I have done more? So a lot of it is you know, in terms of the healing. And sometimes, unfortunately, you know, the spirit isn't at rest yet. And they, they only they have might have some anger, or they might have some guilt mm -hmm. and resentment. And so it's very hard for me to know, I can tell this person needs this closure or this healing. And I, I can't change the message, you know, the message comes through as is. And now I have to tell them like, well, he's still angry about his death, or he's mm. guilty, you know, he feels regret that he maybe overdosed and gave this pain to you. So it's sometimes mm. it's not a easy message to give. Um, mm. And so I always encourage them to come back to me because maybe in a year or two, maybe they'll be at peace, but they're not always at peace. But I feel like mm. that's like a big thing that people want to know. Mm. And I'm never going to lie about it. So if someone's not at peace, unfortunately, I have to tell them that. And it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. I can see how, um, from your perspective, it can be very heavy to um, be the channel for those different energies and those messages. At what point did you decide, okay, I would like to transition out of this? Or did that come to you as an intuitive message as well? 
I don't think it was an intuitive message. I think I definitely chose that myself. Um, doing the mediumship readings is, I love it. Um, I love being able to do that, but it takes a lot of my energy and to make something full time. Like, you know, if I could quit my day job and do this all the time, there's no way I could do mediumship readings all day, every day. Like I would just be mm. in a different reality all the time. I would be completely depleted of my energy. Um, cause you would ask also about after reading for me. And a lot of times I'm like sweating and my face is bright red. Mm. Like my husband will be like, did you just work out? And I'm like, no, I just did a reading <laughs> because like kind a of. lot of my energy is gone and I have to like take a nap or a shower. Mm. So it's just not, and maybe some people could do it, but I just don't think it's for me to be able to do it like all day, every day. Mm. And then I started to really think back of when I started and I was like, you know what? I would love to be that person because if I can create more mediums or more light workers, mm -hmm. then there's more, you know, that other people can go to so that I don't feel like I'm like the only one doing mediumship readings. Yeah. Cause now maybe I just created like 10 more and now they can mm -hmm. go to them, you know? So I really like the idea of being able to create like those other mediums and psychics. Yeah. Do you believe that everyone is psychic? I do. Yes. Ooh. I believe we all have these abilities because your clair senses build off of your five senses. And we all have the five senses. Well, people who are blessed have all the five senses. So if we have, you know, hearing and touch and feel and smell, um, you're just using your intuitive senses to then enhance those clairs. And so it's almost like your superpower. Um, so you're able to just like use your intuition with these senses. Um, and it's really just just like anything else, like if someone was a singer or played an instrument, you know, we all have the ability to do it. It's just a matter of, do I have an interest in it? Am I going to be good at it? Do, do I have a natural talent or do I need to practice a lot? So we all have it just like we all can do anything that we put our minds to. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, how much do I need to practice or how good am I at it already? So yeah, but I do, mm. I do believe that we all have it for sure. Mm, so let's say like you might be picking up on some senses like I believe I may be Claire audience right because sometimes I just out the blue I'll hear a voice I'll receive a message and I'm like what was that right so if I think like okay I might be psychic I might have these abilities what is one thing that I can do to further develop this or to be more in tune with this sure. Sure. So I'm actually clear audience as well. Um, but let me ask you, when you hear the message, is it in your own mind or is it something external that you hear? External. Oh, external. Okay. So usually if it's external, that's your spirit guides or um, your deceased loved ones talking to you. Um, if it's in your mind, like, so how I receive messages is it's my voice, but it's not my thought. And so that's how I know it's not, okay. you know, it's not yes. me. It's, it's a message coming too. through because yes. even though I hear, okay, you have that too. Yes. That so what you sense. can do for Claire audience is, okay. So an exercise, you, a really easy exercise you can try is like before you go to bed at night and whenever everything's quiet, maybe you hear like your heart beating, maybe there's some cars going past and maybe you can hear like a ticking of a clock on the wall. What you want to do is you want to focus in on one of those sounds. 
So let's say you mm-hmm. you pick the the clock on the wall. So now you want to quiet the heart. You want to quiet the cars and focus on the the ticking of the clock. Once you can focus in on that one sound, now you want to act like you're a radio and you want to control the volume. So you want to see if you can hear it louder and then you want to see if you can get it to be quieter. And that mm-hmm. is so that whenever a message comes through, you can ask spirit like, hey, I can't hear you too well. Can you be a little bit louder? Or maybe they're screaming at you and you need to be like, hey, you need to, you know, be a little bit quieter. Um, so you're really controlling the volume and you're also controlling what you're hearing because you can put all the background noise aside. Mm, interesting. I will try that. <laughs> if, you're li- if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you should try that as well, because maybe you might discover a gift that you did not know you had. Um. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's really interesting. So if I start to sense or believe that I have psychic abilities, is there a way like that I can, I guess what what my question is, is how do I get to a point where it is on demand? Like, you know, people are psychic and they receive messages, but now maybe I want to do readings for people how do i call in that energy to be able to do that or if someone has a question about something spiritual or life like how do i call that in to be able to do it on demand as opposed to just being open to receiving messages or tuning in when the messages come in so that's what i would say you need to join my program yes (laughs) because a lot of work um it's and you know the program is not easy, right? It's 90 days. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. You're going to put time into it, even if it's like 20 to 30 minutes a day, but it's really like all the exercises that you need to work out your psychic muscle. Because once you learn how to do the visualizations and you learn the exercises and then you have the steps in place, then you're able to be in that spot where you can control it. So it really mm. comes down to meditating and visualizing, visualizing, but you need to know what you're meditating on and what you're visualizing. And so that's where mm. it comes in that you'd probably need a mentor to guide you on. This is what you need to learn to be able to get it on demand like that. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so making this transition to a coach, I know they well, I shouldn't say coach, mentor, you had a mentor and now you're mentoring others. What are some of the challenges that you are finding in this role um, that are maybe similar or different to challenges that you had in other roles? Sure. So I have this one particular client who she has so many more abilities than I do. So I can only take her. I can only take her so far. I'm going to give Mm. her this basic 90 day program but I feel like she will far surpass me because she has like every ability. She's an empath. She's a telepath. She's a, um, a healer. She's a medium. She can do all of it. And I feel like Mm. I can do all of it, but my specialty is a medium because that's what comes easiest to me, but Mm -hmm. it seems like they all come easy for her. So it's like, (laughs) I really feel like, you know, she doesn't know the steps in place to be able to connect when she wants to or what she exactly needs to do. So they're kind of just coming at her all the time. So I can give her those principles of like, this is what you need to do. But after that, I feel like she's just going to far surpass me and do amazing things where I'm just going to be like in the background and proud of her. But like, I won't be able to take that next step with her because Mm. her abilities are so much stronger than mine. Mm. 
that's an interesting challenge to have. Like how, like what do you do with that and how do you set them up for a success? That's, it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. She's going to be really successful and I'm glad I'll get her there. But, um, mm -hmm. after that, man, like, I don't know, she'll just be able to conquer the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So kind of walk us through what this mentorship might look like. Cause I'm sure people are listening right now and they're like, Ooh, that is piquing my interest or wow. I, you know, have thought about this or thought I had these abilities and now this might be my opportunity to make this happen. What, what does this mentorship involve and what, what's the outcome when they go through this 90 days, they complete it and then they get what, like, what are they able now to do? Sure. So the program is 90 days and I do it virtually because I do want someone to be in the comfort of their own home where they're going to be connecting with spirit mm -hmm. anyway. Like I live in center city, Philly. It's very loud. I have dogs. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a good you know place <laughs> to come to my house. Um, and also then I can help anyone as long as they speak English, I can help anyone in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so it is virtual. I offer one-on-one -on -one where um, I give homework where like you're reading. And then after you read that, then you're doing an exercise. So first I want you to understand what the exercise is before you do the exercise. Cause you have to understand like mm -hmm. the background of it. Then you do these exercise. Um, and then I also offer a group program. So if someone doesn't want one-on-one, -on -one, if they want like a like-minded community, I have a Facebook group that's private where all the clients are there together to ask each other questions, to celebrate each other's wins. Um, and then I also do a weekly Q&A call so that, you know, we're all together in this and they're doing it in a group. So they can either do one-on-one -on -one or group and it's 90 days. And what I guarantee is if they keep doing these exercises, they will connect with spirit. I can't guarantee that after the 90 days, you know, not, day 90, you're going to magically connect with spirit. <laughs> Maybe at day 30, they will. Maybe it won't be till three months later. Um, mm. I can't guarantee when, but I can guarantee if they keep doing these exercises, they will connect with spirit because it's not a matter of like, oh, I'm going to do this exercise once. Like, no, you have to keep doing the exercise until you see and feel or hear a significant change that you know you've connected with spirit in that exercise before you move on to the next one. So, and then I also have videos. So all the exercises mm. you can read, but then they're also on video. So that way you can pause them, replay them, you know, whatever you need to do. And then the Q&As are also on um a recording. So if you miss a Q and A, they would, they won't miss out on it. They'll also have a recording of that. Hmm. That sounds lovely. Very jam packed with lots of different ways to interact and connect and learn. What do you think is the benefit of people developing these skills? Is it so that they can go out and now take this on as a career or is it more so for personal development? And if so, like, how does this develop people personally? Sure. So definitely how it develops like someone, an individual is like how you were saying with your intuition. I mean, it gets you to believe in yourself. It gets you to trust in yourself because when you're looking at your intuition, you know, how many times are people like, oh, I knew I should have listened to myself and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And then this bad outcome came and I knew I should have listened to myself. So it's really, you have to learn how to ask yourself a question 
that you're then going to listen to and then trust it, but then also act on it. So you, you need to do all those steps to be intuitive. Once you can trust yourself and act on it, you're going to start seeing that things are starting to change. You know, it could be something as simple as should I eat breakfast or go for a walk first and just going with whatever your gut says. And maybe mm. it's go for a walk first, even though your body is starving and you want to have breakfast. But may, if you listen to yourself and you go for that walk first, maybe you'll lose a couple pounds or maybe you'll get more energy during your day. So you're, you have to look out for, okay, I listened to my intuition and this is how it helped me for my greatest good. Because you'll start to see those subtle changes that, you know, you're doing this for your greater purpose. Because your intuition mm. is always going to lead you to your, your highest path. So listening to it and then acting on it is very important. What was the other part of the question? Sorry. The other part is like <laughs> people who leave this mentorship or who develop these abilities, is it like for personal development or is it just like professional use? Like I'm developing these abilities so that I can have a career as a psychic or is it like I'm developing these abilities so I can have a stronger connection with spirit or whatever. Gotcha. So that's a personal thing. Um, they can certainly make a career out of it. They could do readings. Um, they could, you know, the next step could be that they learn Reiki or that they learn Tarot. And mm. so there's so many more avenues after you have psychic abilities that you can add on to it to then make it into a career or a side hustle. Or you could just do it for, you know, like your friends and family and for yourself just to be able to connect. Um, but I do feel like a lot of it is it's such a lifestyle change in terms of you now know that you have a, a higher purpose, that you're connected mm. to other people in such a divine way in this universe. Um, because a lot of times people will tell me like, you know, my reality is starting to change and that's really normal. I mean, because you've learned how to read these books and to learn from science. And now all of a sudden you're changing your, your view, you're changing it into, I'm trusting mm. myself and my heart and my gut. And, you know, your rational mind's coming in and saying, no, don't do that. So it's like, you know, you're just, you just for a little while have like this change of reality. Um, but it always leads you to the best place. So I really feel like depending on if someone wanted to do it for themselves or for other people, um, I, I do feel like if you are going to do this, though, I almost feel like you have a responsibility to help other people mm. because not everyone has this gift and if you can give this amazing gift to someone of you know talking to their deceased loved ones or guiding them on the right path like i don't know why you wouldn't want to do that because you can make money at it and feel great about doing it and really help somebody so i almost feel like i know for me i feel like i have a responsibility to help other people because i have this gift hmm. what would you say to someone who recognizes they have this gift who might be listening to this and saying, you know, I should really join that mentorship, but there's a certain level of fear, not, not a skeptical fear, but maybe a fear around embracing this newfound power. Um, as someone who has done it, has lived it. What advice would you give to that person who's unsure about, you know, whether or not they should further these skills? Sure. So really, there's nothing to be fearful of. Um, you're always going to be, you know, looking for your higher purpose and your highest path. The fear really comes from the unknown. It's that mm. unknown of 
who are the spirits that are coming in? What am I welcoming into my life? And that's when it's really important to have a mentor so that you're not just dabbling like I was with the Ouija board and who knows what you're inviting in. But if you have Mm. someone that can actually say like, these are the steps, that's what's safe. um, That really eliminates the fear. It's more fearful whenever you don't have control over it and you can't set a boundary. That's Mm. when it's fearful because then you don't know what's coming through. Yeah. I mean, my, my, I'm like, so not afraid of it now that like my husband and I have this thing where if a criminal comes in here today and tries to rob me, like it's fight or flight. Right. And I'm out the door. I'm, I'm (laughs) fleeing where he'll take care of the criminal. But if a spirit comes in here and tries to get us, Mm -hmm. like I have no problem putting the spirit in its place. So Mm -hmm. I always say to treat a spirit like a bully or a little kid, like just take your power you have more spirit, you have more power over spirit. And you can just say like, not today, like you are not going to come in here and scare me today. Because Mm. what's fearful is what's in your own mind. So you actually create what's fearful or what's not fearful. So if something comes towards you, and it could be your grandma who passed away, but you're seeing it as a black figure. And in Mm. our society, as we were saying before, teaches you it's a poltergeist or Mm -hmm. something like that, like you're automatically fearful. But if you don't ask the questions to find out, is it actually something I should be afraid of when maybe it's like your grandma coming to visit? So it's really the fear of the unknown. But once you can communicate and figure it out, then your fear subsides. Because as, as you were saying, a lot of Christians, you know, they believe in the guardian angels. And it's like, how many criminals do you come across in your path in your everyday life? Like, hopefully people don't usually come across murderers and people who would be bad. And it's the same thing with spirit. Like I had that one bad experience because I was dabbling and then I never had a bad experience again. So it's really a matter of knowing what you're doing versus just playing around with it because that's when something can negative can come, can come in. Mm, That is so true. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I think I told the story on this podcast before, but I had this experience. Um, My dad passed away when I was five and um, he came to me in a dream, kind of like the night after he passed away. And it scared me so bad. Like I did not sleep for like the next three days. And um, because I, I didn't know what was going on. I was like five and like, there was a lot happening. People really weren't explaining things to me. Like my dad was in the hospital for a while and then like he died. So I was unsure, like this was the first person I knew to have died. And I wasn't really sure what that meant exactly. Um, wow. Cause I'm still like five. I'm like playing with Barbies and watching cartoons. I didn't know. So when he came to me in a dream, it felt really weird to me because I was not, I wasn't expecting to see my dad in this way. He didn't actually look like my dad. It was like, there were lots of shadows and things were happening. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. And no. I, I don't know what to do next. And I like, you know, I ran in the room and I told my mom and she's like, no, it's okay. Go back to sleep. And I was like, oh no. Cause if I go back to sleep, something bad is going to happen. Right. I cannot sleep. I'm like, yeah, up. and okay. I was like wired and really afraid. And so for a long time, I think there was like this disconnect in the sphere of like, even tapping into anything spiritual because I didn't know what to expect that unknown that you were saying, like, what is supposed to happen? What am I in control of? Like, is this a good thing Mm -hmm. or what, what exactly is happening? So I think, yeah, fear is, fear is a big part of that. Yeah. And, you know, and just like how our society handles it, like 
oh, there's all these bad spirits and there's poltergeists mm. and you're going to be possessed. And it's like, you know, it's very rare if ever that that would happen, you know, like right. there's really, I've never experienced the poltergeist and exorcism, like anything like that. <laughs> it's, it's really just, you know, that's the, the taboo of it, you know? So it's really a beautiful, amazing thing. Um, and our society has dampened it with like all those negative views and really false falsehoods, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But at I think age five, it, I could definitely see yeah. how that would be scary. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very scary. Yeah. I think now like I'm in a... And just something for your readers. Yeah. Sorry. Um, just something for your listeners I wanted to share too was a lot of times I'll, I'll get asked the question of how do I know I just dreamt of my deceased loved one versus was it an actual visit from them? Mm. And the way that you know the difference is that if they're, if you're just dreaming of someone, you might remember it in the morning, then you'll kind of fizzle out and by the next day you kind of forget it. If they visited you, you're going to remember it like it was a memory that happened as if they were alive. And it's something that years later, you can tell people every detail, you remember mm. everything. And that's how you know it was a visit because it, it becomes like a memory that you actually had with them versus like something that you just forget the next day. So that's how you mm. know the difference between like just dreaming about them or if they actually visited you. Yeah, that that's a good distinction to make because I think sometimes we do just dream a lot and we kind of remember the dream and say oh wow you know this happened um and and maybe it did and maybe it didn't i don't know our imagination can be a <laughs> a wild a wild wild place um we are getting down to the end of our time but i feel like we have unpacked so so much um so much so that the people listening right now are like where is the link to the mentorship like they are excited they want to develop their spiritual abilities, where can they find you and where can they get more information about that? Whatever you say, I am also going to drop in the show notes. So people who are listening, don't worry. Right? You don't have to grab a pen and pencil or anything like this will be in the show notes. So tell us how they can connect with you and be a part of this mentorship. Sure. So they can just go to my website. It's brandyvan.com. Just my name. Very easy. Um, and for listening today, I actually have a free ebook for them. So if they sign up for my newsletter, they'll click on um, receive their free ebook. And it's called Discover Your Unique Psychic Ability. And it's basically a quiz that's going to tell them like, you know, maybe I do have abilities, maybe I don't. And it goes through the different types of psychics and it goes through different quizzes of, have you ever had this? Like, have you ever experienced deja vu? Or have you ever had that pit in your stomach when you enter a room? So it's little quizzes to figure out, do you have abilities? And if you do, what type of psychic you might be? So yeah, I would love mm. to offer them that free ebook as well. Okay, I'm definitely gonna take that quiz. So everyone listening, when you take your quiz, Go to my Instagram. I'll probably make a post about it and share like what I discovered. Share with me what you discovered because I think that'll be really interesting too. We can we can swap abilities and support each other and then join the mentorship and then really yeah, do some good awesome. work. Yes, I love it. Yes, um, that's great. My last question is, is there anything that I did not ask you that you feel you want to share or is important to share? Um. 
I just think that Brandy's doing, you're just doing an amazing job here. And so, you know, keep listening to her. I think that she's really opening minds and having us think about things that are really deep. And I know I'll keep listening and I just want everyone else to keep listening because this is really good information that's going to just help the world and ascend the earth. So yeah, definitely keep on listening. Yes, I am trying to demystify the spiritual world for people here to break down that fear barrier so they can get more in tune with themselves and more in tune with everyone, each other. I think there's there's great connection between our physical life and our spiritual life, and we should explore it more. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, thank you for being here. I am excited for people to um, experience you more and go to your website and take that wonderful quiz and just explore all of your offerings because I think this is really exciting. Like I said, I have learned so much. And for some of you, um, you may want to go back and listen to this and or share this with somebody because I know for me, um, just like in listening, I'm going to go back and listen to this because there's so many points that made me think of certain people in my life. I'm like, oh, they have to listen to this. I got to share this with them. So please share this with somebody. Um, and then as always, let me know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review or a comment on Instagram. Um, but thanks for tuning in, y'all.